1: Welcome to the family with special guests,
0: Masoud Amin, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard,
1: and Cassie Schrader. That's Dr. Amin, Professor Amin, Masoud Amin. You got it all going.
0: I'm at your service, Tom.
1: <laughs> I'm at your service, sir. We'll be right back, kick things off with Dr. Amin right after this. it's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Walls Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walls away at and Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the Seven County Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly Blue Book Excellent whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can't apply, so please no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. Did you find out Dr. Amin is a Bruce Springsteen fan? <laughs> no, I'm playing it for my husband, <laughs> yeah. Dave. Oh, for
0: the, that was just released this recent. Yeah. 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 That's a great song. 46 years Well, this is the one Bruce song you do like.
1: It is the one I like. You're absolutely right. Well, I like a couple other ones. It's just when he starts preaching, I don't care for that too much. But, I mean, that's what music is about. There's a lot of preaching in in music. Mm -hmm. The Land of the Free has the highest incarceration rate in the world, about 1 in 38 adults, or 2.3 million people were under some form of correctional supervision in the United States in 2016. Never in my wildest dreams, these are the words of Dr. Masoud Amin, never in my wildest wildest dreams that I think I would become part of that statistic, particularly given that I am innocent. May my story serve as a cautionary tale for overconfident defense attorneys, prove prove uh, informative for those unfamiliar with the criminal justice system and give a voice to those less fortunate than I am. So how did this all start, and how did we get to today?
0: Thank you, Tom. It has been a really painful journey. As I was preparing to visit with you today, I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. Not only for myself. My case is only a drop in the ocean, as you noticed, of injustice. I met my ex Brilliant, uh, brilliant colleague, brilliant person when I was 25 and she was 20. And we married, we were together for seven years, married um, uh, for about 20 years. And unfortunately, after an abortion, I don't want to go through much into detail on one abortion in 98, it began to fall apart. And after that, it pretty much was one of marriage based on respect and responsibility and commitment rather than love. And when the divorce process began, my ex didn't want to get divorced. And I I didn't want to be in a loveless marriage Mm -hmm. in in 2012. I waited until she had job security tenure, supported her through two PhDs. And I don't want this to sound like I'm criticizing my ex. Everybody goes through life. Everybody is full of struggles. So anyway, uh, the civil case, the divorce got really, really ugly got prolonged. I I kept providing material, more material, and the opposing side kept asking for more. And there was the first forged, clearly forged, that the table, the lines in the table did not match. The font did not match. The first page was totally forged. I'm not sure whether it was copied and pasted or forged electronically. Appeared in April or May of 2014. And that was one of my two retirement assets in the civil case, in the divorce case. And then uh, uh, my ex apparently uh, brought it up to her attorney's uh, attention in late September of 2014, that same year. We offered full disclosure of all my assets, although she was receiving all of them and she had full access to mm-hmm. my password. Right. We offered full disclosure in November of that year and they accepted the only part, but not all of it, only to accuse me of forgery and fabrication of the document during the divorce in August, September of 2015, nine, 10 months later. So the divorce finally ended in uh, through during the judge's ruling was in January of 2016, and my ex and her attorney wrote a 16-page um, argument against the judge's ruling. And all was addressed pretty much by April June of 2016. only that my ex goes to Minneapolis Police Department and convinces a police officer, sergeant a boss to take my to take a case of forgery aggravated forgery in July of 2016. I had no idea about any of this. So almost uh, two years ago this week, uh, I received a summons to appear in court for forging a document and misrepresenting $46,000 of my retirement assets. It was very short had no attachments there was no supporting material. So that's the background.
1: So 46 This is all over $46,000?
0: No, afterwards uh, the district attorney's office admitted that was a false summons. False summons. Almost the judge almost dismissed the case, except that they couldn't do it in the one day that they're scheduled. That was around January, I believe, January of that year. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, was on July eleventh of twenty seventeen when I appeared in court uh, because of the summons, and the state admitted that the complaint is erroneous and asked for more time to file another corrected <laughs> corrected summons. I
1: don't know you could do that.
0: Unfortunately they did. The the the, the 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 one from the Hennepin County District Attorney's Office, the the lady lawyer attorney, asked until August first. And it was really, I don't even know how to start it because whatever I say, I've been cautious not to talk much about it. This is my first interview, You're out of right, respect yeah. for the court well, and waiting on to, thank you, waiting to serve my time and be be sentenced. So anyway, uh, they did file it. They modified it only to modify two more times in the next four months and put a new, more aggressive attorney on the case who lied, who suppressed evidence, and who really just accused me of all kinds of things and jacked up the accusations from 46,000 that the original summons was in court during the trial. Now fast forward to September of 2018, showing in huge signs that I forged over trying to steal over or hide about 830, 860,000. I mean, he just—I mean, it was it's unbelievable, huge. I mean, this was unbelievable. I don't even know. I mean, I'm semi-laughing now, thinking. I mean, but it's really painful to sit there day after oh, yeah. day yeah. when they destroy you. So, so anyway, at the end, uh, the the jury was uh, decided. There was—I mean, there was so much evidence suppressed that the jury didn't have information that to that day during the trial and until uh, November 17th, 2018, my ex was the only beneficiary on all my assets. If I had meant to cheat or lie, why would I continue to keep her as my only beneficiary? And secondly, we had a guru of digital forensics, um, Mark Lanterman, ready to testify that none of those documents could have been forged on any of my computers. And there was a lot more suppression of evidence. And the judge unfortunately allowed this aggressive district attorney who was really determined to win the case at any cost to do that. But before we get to that point at the end i was convicted of trying to hide between sixty six thousand and a hundred sixty four thousand dollars of my retirement assets that was somewhere between three and a half to seven percent of all my retirement all my assets and it would be half of it would have been my excess which she received in full and more i offered even to pay twenty five hundred dollars maintenance a month for three years that I really didn't have. It was contingent upon serving on these nonprofit boards right. that ensure reliability and security, which I had to step down because of the accusations. Right. But I continued having to go through hardship, financial, health, and other hardships. So stepping back, my case is not unique. There are so, so really? many other cases I've seen that go through that. and. Uh, In face of atrocities and false accusations, many people decide to settle and not even go to trial. And that's what a lot, many judges encourage you because they have heavy caseload. In my case, my judge had over, according to her, over 250 cases, didn't have the time to go through massive amounts of documents that my attorneys had submitted. And, uh, uh, you know, when you... Look at people who are entrusted with law and they have the power. My silence, uh, or any other silence, can be deafening, can can be so because it can be, come across as a sign of guilt and a sign of that you don't want to even talk about it. Mine was out of respect for the system mm-hmm. and believing that I'm innocent, knowing that I'm innocent, wanting mm-hmm. it to take its course. Unfortunately... Given the so much uh, fabrication in the media who really wanted an exclusive interview and the reporter from a local TV station was chasing me around everywhere with camera trying to get an interview with me while my attorneys kept telling me do not talk to the media, do not uh, you know, at all make any statements. Right. Or the a gentleman from Star Tribune uh, that I read the newspaper every day uh, wrote an article without even knowing me, without even interviewing me, um, quoting Mark Freeman, district attorney that i I, I thought i 'm smart and because of my position i 'm good in my field. I thought I would get away with with things totally baseless. I heard he 's going through some challenges i hope he 's well not, yeah. he i really hope he 's well, and I pray that uh, that this quest for winning at any cost stops Mm. but it's not going to happen this has gone on for so long this has been if you look at harry connick jr's father he was the district attorney back in new orleans And on his watch, he bragged about winning every case. And in several cases, at least one, there was one on death row for 14 years before he was exonerated. There are so many cases you have seen it. Innocence Project, ACU, and others who go through that. So how you started the presentation, The Land of the Free, Mm -hmm. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness really depends on justice, truth, truth and courage. Uh, And freedom exists only if we choose to exercise it. Unfortunately, when we go through such injustice, or much bigger than mine, which we can talk about later, we have two painful choices, either to speak up. And according to all studies that I have read, less than 15% of people in the US or in Europe when faced with injustice or, let's say, at work bullying or any kind of harassment, decide to speak up. Only 15%. More than 85% they keep silent and they remain a victim of the atrocity or injustice done against them.
1: Is that because it's so expensive to fight
0: back? That's part of it. You're right on target. It's It's so expensive. And also, I look back, this started really in '98, but the hardest part began in September of 2012, It is emotionally taxing. It taxes everything. Only positive things I had in my life was my career at the U and beyond. And being able to meditate and do volunteer work that you see so many other people's pain. And that's the only redemption you have that you really feel you're very fortunate. And I am fortunate relative to so many others who are voiceless. Who didn't have retirement assets to sell i'm really lucky it seems to me that if i were if i were a judge presiding over a case i would be let's see they're just doing character assassination maybe they're light on facts right right Right. i would want facts not well this is a bad guy i
1: I mean if the jury votes a certain way, the judge is really just there to determine what the sentence should but be. But
0: the judges are the ones that decide what gets yeah. seen. This particular judge, you're, you're right yes. on target, this particular judge had a heavy load, and I don't want to second guess it, but she did things maybe unconsciously or consciously to damage my situation. I came to America in August of 78. I got my green card and citizenship through the U.S. Air Force and Washington University in 92. So I'm a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, her jury instructions to 16 or 18 potential jurors, she kept repeating that uh, that uh, <laughs> that I am Iranian, and by the way, it's uh, the correct pronunciation is Iranian, and I'm not. I was born <laughs> there. I came just before I turned 17 right. in New York in high school before revolution. And she kept repeating, "Do you have anything against Iranians and and or any?" Iranian friends, and I wrote on a yellow post-it note to my attorney, first of all, she is educated. Why is she using the way that most uh, people who don't care would do it? Secondly, I'm yeah. not. I'm an American. I served in America. I directed all the security post 9-11 for all of the North American utilities. I, this is my home. This is my country. Why do you mm-hmm. treat me that way? You know, if you look at it, American Bar Association defines clearly what a prosecutor should do and what a judge should do. As you said, a judge, according to American Bar Association, should serve as an unbiased referee. The jury is supposed to be one of our peers. How many of us have such a luxury to truly have a judge who is unbiased? During the opening remarks at the trial my attorney was talking about my background. He was shot down in 1982. He couldn't even say what I did for Department of Defense. He couldn't say what I did post 9-11, what I've done at the U of M. The the prosecutor raised an objection. They approached the bench. Apparently uh, I don't know what exactly transpired. The judge accepted it. The judge basically overruled or or, sorry, accepted the opposition of the attorney, the prosecutor, to talk about who I am. So my, I didn't, uh, the, the, the folks on the jury didn't know who I was. Uh, the evidence, multiple pieces of evidence were suppressed, including the fact that my ex was my only beneficiary, including the digital oh. work that was done, all of it.
1: That's odd. We do have to take a break. We'll be right back in just two minutes more with Dr. Amin right after this. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> <laughs> God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love you, working man. with you. We can help any business, including a podcast, that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, nah, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like you. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855 554 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good
0: for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Oh, to you free-falling? Is that the deal? No, it's just Tom Petty. No, it's just Tom Petty. Our in-studio guest, Dr. Amin, Professor Amin, Masoud Amin. We're talking all about how um, it's really hard to deal with the American justice system. It's extremely expensive, incredibly expensive. And I just don't think that dragging a case out is a good way to make a living if you're an attorney. Why would you do that to your client? It's It's all money, isn't it?
0: There is unfortunately money, and there is a piece by uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz at Harvard. I love Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, Yeah, he has a piece that actually he talks about, uh, and it was on, on a, in an Oxford book that I brought a copy of it. He calls it... the uh, he calls it the rules of justice game. He published it in 1982. And basically there are 13 steps that he says basically almost all cr- criminal defendants in fact are guilty. And that's true. Yeah. There may be, according to uh, the, the Freedom Project, only about, I think, 3 to 5% are innocent. And then he goes on, all criminal defense lawyers, prosecutors, and judges understand and believe rule one. And then he goes on and on and has other parts in there. That that the that is interesting. Uh, however, you know the the system is unfortunately set up with the metrics to win at any cost, even that it means suppressing the evidence and throwing, let's say, ninety-five percent are guilty. The five percent who are not guilty, throwing them in the same fire.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and then in the process, bankrupting that person, pushing them to the ground, breaking them down. But a decent prosecutor wouldn't do that. American Bar Association actually has defined prosecutors should seek justice, not a conviction. A just criminal system depends on prosecutors to be fair, yet our current system incentivizes winning at any cost. The way to advance the prosecutor's career is clearly to win cases, even if it means sending innocent people to jail or prison. And prosecutors are also rewarded for being tough on crime. So often, without any understanding of the huge power that they have, they abuse it.
1: So all of this was over sixty-six to one hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars.
0: It wasn't even that, uh, huh. because That's all necessary. of it was. Uh, first uh. of it, first of all, I would never, never, ever fabricate a document. Number one. No, I not Number understand. two, all. If you look at the timeline and all the correspondence during the civil case, divorce case, is very clear. That evidence was suppressed. Why would anybody forge the document So obviously right. forged. Actually, my divorce attorney wrote on a sheet of paper in capital letters framed, and I'm not going to go there. I, would, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. I've, I don't think blaming others is the way to proceed. Mm-hmm. Out of this, I want to come out with a new understanding and hopefully a positive way to help others rather than be caught in my own uh, pain. The, the lesson I learned is actually something as Americans we know you know the <laughs> innocent until proven guilty mm-hmm. is false oh, no, you're guilty false. you're guilty until proven oh, innocent yeah. oh, and yeah. the two media pieces here already crafted the story they made the public opinion sadly mm-hmm. and combined with the suppression of critical vital evidence undeniable evidence and supported by repetition of a false narrative looseness with the facts a mercurial judge and anyone can be made to look guilty and like an iranian terrorist the way they implied it iranian terrorist and on the other hand no they did they implied it they 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 implied it they they implied it it's a long story they they didn't say terrorist but they implied it Mm -hmm. on the other hand they made me be this rich white privileged highly educated (laughs) and super So the super smart they want you to fill. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> a I two hard. roles that they scripted for me, and they pushed it. I wish, I wish my attorneys would have allowed me to testify. I know we have the choice to do it. When mm-hmm. your attorneys tell you, no, Masoud, don't testify, because the state has not met the burden of proof. The burden is on them. And my attorney even wasn't allowed, both at the opening statement at the closing, to, to bring all these issues up. The, the the suppressed evidence, my background, who I am. So the jury had a had a caricature picture of me, mm-hmm. either a dirty foreigner who to intends on hurting out. America or a rich white privileged man. And I am not sure which way of it they they took. I'm not in people's hearts, in people's mind. The saddest part is, is you know we we look at it uh, and when they the the this, the prosecutor in his closing remarks twice said i had confessed to forging the documents during the civil case that was totally false and he said let's close the box around him multiple times and and, the, and my attorney ra- raised objections but the judge overruled the objection said don't worry i will clear it during my jury instructions she never cleared it oh, during the jury right. instructions right. so talking about the power that judges and prosecutors have is immense and the police has is immense it comes with a huge responsibility i have highest regards for first responders or yeah, for absolutely. people who yep. so i don't mean it as a way of demeaning them but Everybody, all of us, as a teacher, have a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. I cannot take that for granted. Really? It's a, almost if you think about a classroom, it's a sacred place. You are there without prejudice to, yeah. to discover, to learn, to grow. So this guilty until proven innocent has been a huge, huge part of it. And winning at any cost is all that matters to them. You cannot win. Another piece that came to my mind, Tom, is the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. Need for probable cause and not a fishing expedition. Using government power to lock you up and take away your liberties is not the American way. And the value of individual freedom is so deeply engraved in all of us as Americans. It is our starting point as Americans, uh, when we look back, we hold these truths to be self-evident: that all men created equal. We should add all people are created right. equal. Thank you for the nod. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now that they, are, yeah. they, they are endowed <laughs> by their Creator with, uh, you know, with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, we take all of that often for granted mm-hmm. until we lose it. So I appreciate those words and that spirit and that energy even more now than I did two years ago.
1: I could see that. Why do you think it is that that your ex-wife supported all these arguments?
0: You know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to okay, accuse. Right. She's brilliant, and I have no, highest respect for her. I don't want to go there. I think at some deep level. I know what it is, and I sympathize with it. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to, in a sense, we were loyal, we were faithful to each other. Right. But there there are things that over time in any marriage builds up, frustrations, resentments, anger, and we release it in different ways. So I I won't want to go there or criticize my ex.
1: You notice that the whole time you were running that list, I didn't look at my wife. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm like, check, check, double check, double check, <laughs> check, check, yeah, check. It's life, you know, it's life. You're human beings, you know, the old yeah. saying, you put pressure on apple, you get apple juice. You put pressure on orange, you get orange juice. On human beings, you don't know what you're going to get no, when like they're under pressure. Yeah.
1: That is very, very
0: so, true. So the attorneys could never come up with something you could just settle the case and move on? You know, the prosecutor, I won't name him, he was bent on and I don't know whether the orders came from high up that's what I assume that's why they put this person on the case he was bent on me only accepting a felony that's it Mm -hmm. initially one felony then they said we are going to triple it if you don't settle and they tripled it and by the way this uh, the original, uh, the actual yeah. conviction was attempted forgery, right? Attempted. Mm-hmm. Somehow that attempted dropped. So when I was incarcerated at the exclusive gated community in Plymouth by the lake, the the oh, the, my God. You went the, to the workhouse. For eighty days I served oh, and I saw God. so much pain in there than anybody else. Most officers are amazing people. Yeah. But yeah, there are two, three that uh, the rules change yeah, by yeah. how they feel like that more job. Exactly. Right. But majority of them my hat is off to them. They're honorable good people. So it humbles you when you're in a mm. six by eight, six feet by eight feet, and you have work release, but even the letter from your employer doesn't really matter. They can hold you uh, deadlines at work don't matter to them. They can hold you as they wish because you're a property of the state. You lose all liberties. Right. And at night you hear people screaming, oh, using, yeah. using all kinds of profanities because a- another story that came out, AP Associated Press did a, did a truly investigative study that came out two weeks ago that shows that one-third of those incarcerated are, have mental illness that goes yeah, untreated. Absolutely. And unfortunately, yeah. privatization of jails and medical care at jails has been has not worked very well. No. The medical care is a nurse practitioner can overrule your um, conditions, can overrule your medical doctors, specialists. And even if it is non-narcotic medication, they can deny that. And then I appeal that after what? Being there for 60-something days out of 80 days And the judge, again, appeared before her. She tilts her head. She looks at me. She said, he looks healthy to me.
1: Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Well, you do look healthy
0: yeah i do because <laughs> i, I do meditate work. i try to keep myself and i have a higher that's purpose great. my higher purpose is my work and i'm grateful for that mm. although it's in a diminished capacity but i'm grateful for that and i'm grateful you have to have you go through it's, it's about resilience mm. and, and it's about being able to hopefully do good and in doing good getting to a better place in our lives
1: that's a wonderful way to look at the whole thing it, it's Obviously, looking in your eyes, it's very, very painful, and I can see why it would be. Um, will you regain your full position back at, at the university or whatever? You, what do you? I mean, will you, be, will you be able to get? back I would to where love
0: you were? to. I would love to. I don't know at this point because this is a long process. We have started yeah. the appeal process, paid God. the court recorder reporter. Oh my God, auto pocket that I had to borrow again. Uh. <laughs> Uh, extra money, I won't go into the details of how much, is huge. And she was late. It was supposed to be submitted December 4th of last oh, year. God. Incomplete version was submitted in May, six and a half months late. We are going to wait another probably three months before we get that. So by the time the appeal rolls, uh, it's going to be 60 days after we receive them that my attorney can file the uh, the case the argument and then district attorney can respond to it. And then finally, by the time we get to the appeal process, you know, I have to maintain my energy, my mental, emotional career. So I'm using this, I call it a gift of injustice. And I posted a piece for the first time on LinkedIn on that. And this, I treat it as a gift of injustice to become kinder, to become more compassionate, to become more observant of those in pain. And oh, you're completely not... abnormal. You should be bitter and mean. <laughs> <laughs> mean a mean, huh? Mini mean, mini mean. Mean, Amini. Actually, when I played soccer and basketball in high school and uh, uh, undergraduate only soccer, that, that's what my nickname was, mini a <laughs> yeah. So no, no, I've been there. I'm a teacher. As teachers, we look for potential in people as the good in situations in people and we try to grow that so i have to rely on that inner truth and i don't mean to sound religious but if you look at much bigger people than me much bigger people who have gone through hardship mine is nothing really nothing if you look at mandela if you look at gandhi or if you go back to the biblical stories father why have you forsaken me it's not if you're not forsaken these are all trials that we need to turn into into triumphs
1: i think it's a wonderful how did you get to the place you are right now because it must have been extremely painful getting here
0: tom frankly still is but yeah. what choice do you have what choice no, do you that's have right. you have that's a exactly choice right. of becoming more kinder more resilient and look at the silver lining in all of it and hope that the justice prevails, And I'm grateful to you for inviting me and having an opportunity to talk about it. My attorney, I asked him he was going to be here today, but he has a case in court at 1 o'clock out of upstate, so he couldn't be here. And Mm -hmm. he told me, no, just be yourself, talk the truth, speak the truth, let that finally come out. You know, you you do your best, that's all it is. And you don't lie, you don't cheat. In Shakespeare, what he said, um, love... uh, Love all, trust the few, do no harm.
1: Yeah, the, the do no harm part is one of my yeah. favorite.
0: It I'm about really the is. carry the big stick? What was that <laughs> oh, that <laughs> oh, was, that was, that was that. Truman. <laughs> that was Truman. That was President Truman. He was from Missouri, Independence, <laughs> oh, and I lived in St. Right. Louis for 14 and a half years. Yeah, talk softly, but carry a big <laughs> right. stick. In my case, is just be humble mm-hmm. and speak the truth and try to do better Leave the world in any small way you can a better place, and this is not honestly just for me. It is partially for me, but there's mm-hmm. so many people I saw blind person incarcerated and others that really pains me even more. Not right. getting medical care.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I can understand that. We'll take a quick break. I have a couple of questions for you. We have one more segment with Dr. Amin. Meenya Amin, I mean. <laughs> with we'll be right it's back. It's better
0: than Idi Amin. Yeah, better than Amin. <laughs> yeah, way better. <laughs>
1: If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less. And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Hi, it's Tom. After achieving my goal of losing 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy brothers and the amazing staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I'd like to encourage you to let Nutrimost help you shed those unwanted pounds, too. Besides eating fresh foods, another one of the reasons that the Nutrimost weight loss plan works so well is the one-on-one coaching that you receive. We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, how long have you been trying to lose weight on your own without the help of a coach? When you have someone keeping you accountable, it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Make a commitment to your health and let Nutrimost help you with your weight loss journey. I encourage you to schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Call now, 763-333-7337. We are back. Mossad Amin, Meany Amin, Not Edie Amin, Dr. Amin, (laughs) or Professor Amin. That's the route you can take there. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation about all this money that's spent trying to either recover or hold on to less than $100,000. But they ran through all of this stuff and basically, uh, and I don't know the case, you know, I, I don't know your, your ex-wife and I'm sure she, from what you say she's a fine person. Uh, you're a fine person everything like that. Did you get did you get your character from your mother and father?
0: Thank you. You know, I both of them were in the medical practice. My dad was a surgeon and Actually, he worked with Dr. William Mayo at oh, the Mayo Clinic really? in 1936 oh, those deep Minnesota connections. Mm-hmm. My mother my mother went to Sorbonne and Cambridge and human rights was what kind had. of a smart
1: woman. <laughs> you know,
0: for when you think about it, the first Poor Iranian Army. woman to graduate from Sorbonne. Right. It's amazing, That's and she was tiny. She was the first one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One. yeah she was That's tiny. She was she was only five one, but Scrappy. she was amazing. She was kind. Both of them kind, humble, did volunteer work. So actually, the reason I became an engineer, I gave a TED talk many years ago. I talked about this. I was I'm the youngest one of four, and the rest are in back in Sacramento. My both my parents unfortunately passed away, but I would accompany my parents when they did volunteer work to villages outside of my hometown of Tabriz. And I would see villages without electricity. Women had died trying to give birth to children. There was, think about it. Public health depends on electricity and clean water. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, and underpinning infrastructure is electricity. You have electricity, you have refrigeration, lighting. So my dad became a congressman a year before I was born. Uh, and, um, and he pushed for uh, public works, bridges, roads, electric power network, and clean water, and then medicine and education. And thank goodness he saw the whole system. And my mother the same way. So I think that's where it began. Even though my natural abilities were in humanities and social sciences or biological sciences, I chose to become an engineer, electrical engineer, because I saw that human condition really depended on electricity. And I'm Absolutely. grateful because my sister helped me. She's eight years older than me with math and physics growing up. Oh, yeah. So having an educated family, and but losing a lot of it and starting from scratch as an 18-year-old uh, in Massachusetts, you know, humbles you. You do all kinds of jobs, mm. you know, and you see other people going through suffering. So I think it's combination, upbringing, volunteer work, and your own, in a sense, uh, experiences and how you observe them how you internalize them, and how you respond in face of hardship and adversity.
1: I think it's wonderful. You handle it very... What I really like about it is, because, you know, when Cassie booked it, I didn't know much about the case. And I didn't want to talk to somebody who was just going to run his wife into the ground, or this person mm. and that the opposite. Person. I You're admire her. Opposite. I respect her. Exactly. And
0: I would only say only say and feel positive things toward her and her family. Awesome.
1: See, I think that's wonderful, and I think everybody listening is going to learn that's true. How did you uh, discover? who i
0: was you know i've seen you i've I've been a listener to your show and i loved it because you're like yeah you know honestly and and then cassie no no when cassie (laughs) when 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 your producer uh, miss cassie uh, schrader approached me by email i was honored i'd Mm -hmm. seen the i'd seen the show i'd seen the podcast and I thought I'd seen billboards because you look familiar, and I didn't know where I'd seen. That's probably
1: you know, all the guys you saw out in Parker's Lake. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: well, Actually, talking about you, talking about that—not uh, to change the subject, but oh. but but you know, seriously, I mean, there are like one third or maybe half of the people are there. Because of alcoholism. Uh, but that's exactly and, right. And you know, you know. I mean, the more I'm not a medical specialist, but I've had friends, other folks who have gone through Hazelton who have gone through AA, who are going through that. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do to people because it's a no, lifelong right. right. that doesn't help them. And it's non-criminal. Ooh. I don't know. There should be a better way for the whole system, from the way non-existent. oh, I didn't tell you, the sergeant who was supposed to have investigated for 11 months, when my attorney asked him, did you do digital forensics? I didn't need to because he could have done it at the FedEx office or at the Kinko's. Or why didn't, uh, what did you use, any new material, no, the things from the divorce settlement were sufficient. How do you know he's guilty? I know a guilty case when I see one. Oh, God, it's you know, my opinion. I've been a police oh officer for 19 years, and he basically recycled. And in his, we had a hard time getting actually evidence. That's another suppression of evidence from the district attorney's office. In a, in a, in a talk that he had with my ex's attorney and others, he had said, if we get Masoud or if we get his, his attorney, divorce attorney, to talk, we have nailed him. You see, they had already decided from the beginning, the story, the script was written. And it's sad when from the beginning, from the start, that somebody comes to you, files it. You look at the person, you accept that at the face of it. You recycle the same material that went through a long, draining emotionally, financially health process. You repurpose the same material. And you then drain the person, and there's this arrogance of winning at any cost that hits you.
1: That's an American
0: thing, though, isn't it? You know, it I think injustice <laughs> happens all <laughs> over does, the place. If you are lucky well, in you're America. Prosecuting attorneys, yeah. they, they probably can set their fees on their winning record, right? Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm supposed to pay additional penalties to the, to the Hennepin County, which I don't know. How am I going to afford it by before the end of the year? I mean, they charge you not only for your fees, but for the court fees and oh, additional God. thirty thousand dollars. It's amazing what they do to you <laughs> after not. ruining your life. Yeah, and <laughs> it's you know, if I were uh, guilty, if I were guilty, I would have admitted it during the divorce. I would have just apologized and come clean. It's not what you do because you know how smart your. Um, companionists, and you don't play games. But sadly, I think this is not about that. As many people, if you read uh, the the piece that Cassie had read on LinkedIn, if you look Mm -hmm. at that gift of injustice in there, you will see what the folks who came to the trial, who attended it, had said, observing it, including an amazing Marine captain who came and all like four days of it. Some of it is, unfortunately, I hate to use the term racism, I felt that toward uh, the—I felt it. A lot of it, Mm. uh, although I'm a Caucasian, I even did my 23andMe a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But, but But they treat you because of your name. They treat you in a different way. And it's sad. This tacit, hidden racism with people of color is well known this injustice right, right. and and uh, they get beaten down with uh, those who seemingly are caucasian there's a different kinds of injustice
1: yeah that's true well that's one reason why I'm honored that you would come on this show because no matter how nice the news is to me whether it's channel 11 or the star tribune or whatever they can say very nice things about me in an article but there's always one guy who calls me a racist always and I don't know yeah. what they base that on no. because i just Get along with everybody. So yeah, I'm a homophobe, a racist, and a sexist.
0: Oh but my God! Is there anything else I can do wrong? Uh,
1: so I understand. Kind of obviously not your struggle, but but it, it does bother me. That's the one thing that bothers me is like how, why is it that I have all people of all different colors, stripes, what everything? They come and they talk to me. The fact that you would trust me to be the one media person to talk to you is very very important to me. I mean it really is. It's quite an honor. Because uh, there are some people out there that just want to do damage any way they possibly can,
0: and people believe that. Saddest well, part do, yeah. is we yeah, don't have. Do. You know, the media is supposed to be investigative journalism or investigative mind. Mm-hmm. It's supposed that, that to really ship has dig. Sailed. It's like an engineer. <laughs> it's like a scientific long, method. Because. Exactly. It's, it's like <laughs> the, very much like an engineering approach, like a scientific method. Mm-hmm. That that you dig, ask ask questions, pose well pose questions and look for evidence rather than have a script and force the, the person in your case you're a racist, you're you have all kinds of negativity toward all uh, toward <laughs> hatred. allegedly. <laughs> <Allegibly. laughs> there you go. No he's yeah. media, media. Media, media. <laughs> no 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 honestly that's what it is. But you know it's it's sad yeah. because I have a I, I wrote in that piece that I mentioned, The Gift of Injustice, I wrote a piece exactly on that piece that you'd expect an investigative journalist uh, to be looking for truth uh, investigating like a scientist or like an engineer mm-hmm. instead of having a scripted caricature of the person or the same with the, unfortunately sadly with most people we're so busy all of us mm-hmm. under so much pressure we don't have time we just it's the survival it's the reptilian brain We classify things into fight, flight, flight, or freeze. That's right. So it must be definitely this that's faster. You have a faster response, and it works well most of the time. But unfortunately, at times, it forces people to be... Put in pigeonholes
1: so you are a very successful
0: person not anymore well you you uh, still uh, are nothing not, me, in, not say by say some measures by some measures let's, my name is destroyed <laughs> you no, know no, i'm no, yeah, no. no seriously I'm, I'm considered damaged goods me seriously <laughs> yeah damaged goods <laughs> well, but, well, there's so, so, always there's so, so, a stigma with with uh, yeah. uh, somebody that's going through a legal process for a very long time because people are like well it wouldn't be happening unless he's Guilty on some Absolutely. level. That's Absolute. how people think. think. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, anti-elitism, they have perception that you're an elite. Mm. Therefore, That's exactly the problem. That's the problem. problem. Yeah. That's, the problem.
1: Yeah. that's what I was getting to. If you have strength, if you're successful, they look at you as an elitist jerk. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's you or me or whatever, if you have success that they don't think you deserve, they're going to have to burn you to the ground if they can. And I don't know why people are like that.
0: You know, some of it is probably... We are so tired all of us you know mm-hmm. our system overall uh, has gotten to a point that we don't treat each other with respect
1: there's no, no doubt about we, that we can true.
0: argue on points but don't attack each other don't attack each yeah, other that's it. i mean remember as dr king said we may have come on different ships but we are on the same boat i love mm-hmm. dr king no seriously I that's it him. i mean we are in the same boat we are yeah, all in yep. the same boat we are all suffering we are all going through life we all, yeah. all have to have compassion toward each other and really Shut the reptilian brain, cultivate the mammalian and the neocortex to start thinking and empathizing and really having higher i q and e- emotional quotient and hopefully spiritual quotient rather than just labeling each other this and that, whatever those labels are and throwing each other into trying to try throw each other into the trash mm-hmm. yeah
1: and, and that 's exactly what we 're doing now we we talk about that once in a while, the fact that uh, back in the nineteen sixties it kind of felt like this and then all of a sudden in 63 starting with Medgar Evers they started assassinating public figures in America and people asked me today I had a young man over the weekend 31 year old man said Tom do you think this is the most hateful time you've ever seen and I said well yes it is except we haven't started murdering people yet I'm talking about public figures like John F Kennedy or Martin Luther King yeah. that's the one the only thing that's left because I don't see for me, and I try to bring this up all the time, don't pe- treat people better or worse. Treat everybody the same. That's the only way we're going to get through all this stuff.
0: With civility, with respect, Absolutely. with honesty and decency, an assumption of innocence. Assume innocence. Yeah. Don't assume guilt when you see somebody. It doesn't matter the color of their skin, the color of their eye, or whatever national origin. Give them a chance how many, and don't judge.
1: How many Iranians were on your uh,
0: On your jury, no, no. none. But that's not the point. No, you know, sadly, no. That's okay. I'm not Iranian because of it. I cannot expect Iranians to be on my jury. No, that's what the the, excuse me, Iranian. That's the way the judge repeated it 16 or 18 times, (laughs) and and even in her closing (laughs) remarks, she didn't address the key points in jury instructions. But you know, moving forward. We have to turn these um, trials into triumphs again. And I'm going to quote Marcus Aurelius, ancient Roman... Yes, sir. Ah. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. I love that. This hardship, obstacles we Mm -hmm. we encounter, it becomes, in a sense, becomes an opening for truth, for light to penetrate darkness.
1: You know what I just realized, and you didn't know this was going to be the path you were taking, but at 17 years old, you're an Iranian kid, right? Before
0: revolution, before Ayatollahs, yeah, right. before Saddam's invasion of Iran and killing 19 of my classmates by oh. chemical Ali. So now
1: you come to America, and all these years later, people don't like you because you're a white man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to America. My genetics, my genetics, all of it showed, you know. They label you because of your name and because of your place of birth, you know.
1: You can't please anybody, apparently. So you know what? Let me say again. because unfortunately we've run out of time, but I'd like to talk to you more. Is there any way people can reach out to you to con- c- uh, communicate with you?
0: I would be honored. You know, through LinkedIn would be great. I would LinkedIn prefer account. not to use my work email because no, it's my ain't. my professional UFM work. I would say through LinkedIn or through Twitter by by making you know any way they would like to come uh, connect. I'm on both. I'm not on Facebook because of Facebook's profiling. You know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know and Cambridge Analytical. But, but I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. I would be honored to hear from your listeners and, and, and helping out those in pain.
1: Uh, Masoud, I mean, M-A-S-S-O-U-D-A-M-I-N is how, how his name is spelled. Thank you so much for coming in. It truly is an honor. We learn things from one another. I learned a lot from you today. And I just... It's too bad. You became a white man. Now you're the bad guy again.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Likewise. Honor is mine, sir. Well,
1: you're right about that. Uh, Hopefully we'll talk again. I'd love to have you come in again. Absolutely. I, I did. I learned a lot today about what this is all about. And it's just, if they pick you out, if they single you out, you're automatically the bad guy no matter what you do.
0: It's scripted.
1: It's scripted. You're right. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll
1: talk to you tomorrow with the family.